I'm Callie Crossley, and this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. And now for the part of the show we call Lanya. That's Creole for something extra. Join or Die. It's the urgent title of a new documentary about America's civic unraveling, as the filmmakers describe it, arguing that the country's long decline in community connections is undermining America's democracy. The film centers around the research of Robert Putnam, the retired Harvard social scientist whose book, Bowling Alone, The Collapse and Revival of American Communities, was eye-opening and alarming. Now more than 20 years since Bowling Alone was published, filmmakers take another look at the decline in social connections and how a loneliness epidemic has contributed to the decline. Joining me remotely, Robert D. Putnam, former Malcolm Research Professor of Public Policy at Harvard University, author of 15 books including Bowling Alone, The Collapse and Revival of American Community, and The Upswing, How America Came Together a Century Ago and How We Can Do It Again. Welcome, Bob. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. It's good to have you. Also with me, Rebecca Davis, co-director and co-producer of the new documentary, Join or Die. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, thanks for having us. I'm glad to have you. I'm going to start with you, actually, Rebecca, because, as I said, Bowling Alone was published some 20 years ago. Your brother, um, Pete, who is your co-director and co-producer, um, worked on this film with you. You two worked together, former student of Bob's. Um, but, you know, even when he was in Bob's class, the book was 10 years old, as you make clear in the film. So what, at this moment, uh, motivated you to revisit, renew, and highlight um, the the very important um, connections that Bob was making to community and and threats to democracy? Yeah, so I was um, working at the time we started this film as a news producer for NBC News, uh, for the national news, and kind of flying around the country, covering what I felt were a lot of the symptoms of the issues that Bob had kind of brought to the forefront of the conversation in Bowling Alone, um, you know, things that related to the loneliness epidemic, our isolation, um, ci- civic ties in kind of smaller communities I was visiting, um, you know, that were clearly um, not at the levels that we would like to see in a, in a thriving democracy. Um, and in talking to my brother about the thought that we might approach Bob um, to kind of bring his ideas from Bowling Alone, um, back to the conversation in a new way um, through film, um, you know, it was an opportunity to zoom out a little bit and not just cover the symptoms, but really look at, okay, what is what are these root causes? Um, and, you know, as Bob has pointed out in, in his recent work um, with the upswing, um, you know, what can we do to do about this? Where can we look, you know, in history um, for ideas about about how to how to fix this problem. You know, I also felt in the news we were doing a lot of stories about this is bad, this is bad, but but not nearly enough about, you know, what can we do and where can we look for hope? Mm. Now, um, oddly, or however one might look at it, when you began the pro- project, COVID started, which, of course, sent all of us into isolation. Um, so here you are doing a film um, that centers around the importance of these social connections and yet the whole country is has to be, because of a public health concern, isolated. What 
how did you function during that time? How did you go forward? Did that impact your approach to the film as you were waiting to complete it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we kind of, you know, really started uh, filming seriously in January 2020 and then had to kind of immediately shut down our filming operations two months later and, you know, so socially isolate as everyone was. Um, Bob's wife, Rosemary, actually became a important part of our crew during that time. We shipped a small camera to her and she was able to film some scenes of her and Bob, you know, at home in isolation for that year um, or year and a half as we we're all waiting for the vaccine. Um, but, you know, I think what came out of that was, um, you know, it it made our certainty that this was the most important issue to be talking about right now, um, you know, that much more more urgent as the loneliness crisis, um, you know, was was only deepened during during that time. And, you know, Bob. Bob brought this up a lot when we were talking to him. It was the, a perfect, uh, you know, natural experiment for a social scientist to see, oh, can these internet connections, which when Bowling Alone came out in 2000, it was the early days of Facebook and it was unknown, you know, could we create this same type of community feeling um, in the virtual space? And I think for all of us that lived through COVID, um, we don't need data to know that it did not feel as good to celebrate our birthdays in Zoom as it did, you know, with our friends when we could actually hug them in person. Um, and so while it was a challenging time for us in production, um, I think it just made the the importance of getting this message out now um, that much more more timely and important. So simply, um, your provocative title, Join or Die, really refers to the importance of joining groups and um, being a part of clubs. But, you know, that's uh, that's a simple way of saying what's going on here in this film and what Bob's um, research is about and what you have observed. So the first thing I want to do is run just this little clip from your film, Join or Die. Um, and then, Bob, I'll come back to you and we'll get to really the underpinnings of what uh, the club movement, um, the community, the civic engagement and democracy has to do on uh, the bigger platform of what the film is about. So here we go. There is no America without clubs. But what happens when a nation built on associations stops saying, sign me up, and starts saying, I'm not really a joiner. This is a film about why you should join a club and why the fate of America depends on it. So over to you, Bob Putnam. This uh, film and much of the content of it is based on your research or your life work, really, um, which was um, brought to many people's attention in your book, Bowling Alone, The Collapse and Revival of American Community. How do you make people understand that uh, why not Americans not being joiners is connected to the undermining of democracy? I may be useful to say at the outset that there are two different kinds of consequences of our social connections or the absence of social connections. One set has to do with how it, how being a loner affects us personally. And the title of the film, Join or Die, refers to that set of consequences because it's quite clear, and, and I made this originally in Holy Alone, well, when I was writing it 25 years ago, but it's now become even clearer. Um, your chances of dying over the next year, well, your chances of dying over the next year are high, but they're 
um, cut in half by joining one group, cut in uh, three quarters by joining two groups. In other words, there are major physical and many other effects on you personally if you're if you become isolated. On the other hand, there are also the external effects on the country as a whole for uh, from having either lots of connections, Tocqueville in the middle of the 19th century said America was a nation of joiners and linked it to American democracy. And that also is true. There are a very surprisingly wide range of things about the society that are influenced and negatively influenced by if we, if we stop joining. The film begins, actually, the, the first research project it describes is a kind of a odd, was a kind of an odd study that I got into um, really almost 50 years ago now of different governments in different parts of Italy. I won't go through all the details, although the film does a remarkable job of making it intelligible. But the basic idea was different parts of Italy turn out to be governed either very well or very poorly. The democracy works in some parts of Italy and it doesn't work in other parts. So the question was, what's the, you know, what explains why it works some places and not others? And the answer to that turned out to be coral, coral societies and football clubs, by which I mean where there was a dense fabric of social connections in different parts of Italy, where there was that kind of fabric of civic connections, um, democracy worked well. But where there wasn't, democracy didn't work well. And that study, it was called Making Democracy Work, um, became itself pretty widely known, I would say, and it's subsequently, in the subsequent years, it's the basic finding, namely that democracy works better where people are connected with one another and with, with public affairs. That basic crucial finding has been now confirmed in many, many other countries as well. So there are these internal effects, how it affects how joining or not joining affects you, and these external effects, how joining or not joining affects the country as a whole. So let's underscore your first point about how it affects you, us, individually. Um, this is a researcher from the film, Julianne holt Lundstad, and she talked about the health-related impact. I had been doing research looking at the physiological effects of, of being socially connected, and we were going to look at the most objective health outcome, mortality. What we found was that not only... Uh, was it a significant predictor of survival and length of survival, but that it was associated with a 50% increased odds of survival. What this suggests is that being socially connected increases our, our lifespan. When we benchmarked the effects of social connection relative to things like smoking, excessive alcohol consumption, physical inactivity, air pollution, that they were comparable and in many cases exceeded these other risk factors. So I wanted to play that, Bob, uh, because, you know, I can hear people listening to this going, yeah, right. Uh, you know, I don't have I'm not in a club. I'm doing just fine. <laughs> you know, and I just wanted to point that out that actually there's there's data, as you said, and and um, you, you explained it. And as did she. Um, so now we want to get to the other part about, you know, why does that why does that happen? And also, why is it better 
if I am a part of, of clubs, of a club, and if I am a part of many clubs, and then how does that, more broadly speaking, improve my community, as you demonstrated in that early research that you did in Italy? And that's kind of a phenomenal thing, I think, for people to get around in a country where you have already documented where people are not joining clubs. So, so talk a little bit more about that, if you would. Sure. Well, first of all, let's ask, well, what's the mechanism? Why does joining have, any, have an effect on your physical and even more on your mental health? Part of it is, is in a way, obvious. If you go to a church regularly and then you slip in a bathtub and get hurt, someone's likely to notice, more likely than if you don't, you know, if you live an isolated life, people are not likely to come to your aid. That's the simple way, the simple mechanism. But the deeper mechanism, and there's a lot of new research on this now, being connect, being around other people, and in a, I mean, not just in a crowd, but being around people, like having friends and, and close relatives and so on, actually changes your blood chemistry. There are physiological reasons deep, probably deep in our evolutionary past that explain why we're, we're happier and healthier if we get stimulation from good, close friends. And conversely, um, as we become, as a society, as we become less, um, less connected, this observably in the society, in America, shows up in death rates. It's what's, um, sometimes called deaths of despair, um, a, a pair of economists have shown that more and more people are um, becoming so dis desperate because of their loneliness that they're drinking more, they're taking drugs more, and in general, they're dying earlier. So, Bob, um, Rebecca and um, Pete, her brother, were inspired to come back to look at this uh, more closely, this research you've done about the sharp decline in um, the joining of Americans and what that has meant uh, very detrimentally to to our country at this point. And, um, you know, as was pointed out in the film, it continues to decline. So even though there is documented evidence, as you've said, as the researcher said, as it's been demonstrated in the film, that this is harmful to both our uh, physical and mental health, it's not happening. Yeah, I want to say two things about that. Um, first of all, that's to focus, and it's important to focus, on the individual level effects. But how about American democracy? How's American democracy doing, huh? You think, you think we're in fine shape? Of course not. What I and my work in this film are uh, trying to do is to pull a little bit away from the immediate day-to-daytas of our politics and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? And when you see it in this broader frame, if you zoom out, as a social scientist or historian does, you see it isn't actually about Trump. I mean, Trump's a symptom of this, but we've been having these democratic problems of polarization and, and um, you know, inability to get things done for decades, not long before Trump himself appears on the scene. So... With respect to the external effects, the absence of productive social interaction is putting the whole country at risk. I mean, take global warming, for example. That's a deep, deep problem, but part of the reason we can't fix it is because of polarization, and part of the reason of, polariz of polarization, as my work and others have shown, is because 
we're not connecting with other individual people to solve our problems collectively. But I think when people hear this conversation who are not joiners, and your work has shown and the film has underscored, most people aren't. It's an, you know, odd. Uh, they're still trying to grasp um, why there is meaning in it for them, potentially. And now you're talking to a huge joiner. I'm in everything. I have social groups galore. I know all my neighbors' names, all of that, always have. Um, and so it's interesting to me to, uh, always has been, to observe this from the outside and wonder, you know, what is the thing that most people, that prevents most people from connecting when they um, will say to you some more than used to, you know, geez, I am lonely and would appreciate some social connection, even on a personal level. Um, and there I can see that there's work that could be done in community together in numbers, and yet, and yet again, as I say, the decline keeps happening. Now, one point that Bob makes in the film that you, I believe you underscore in the film is that the saviors, I'm using this in quotes now, air quotes, if there are any, are the young people. That's what happened before when, then when there was a shift and, and Americans moved toward more civic engagement, more connecting with each other. And that's what both of you are demonstrating in the film that you've seen now. And Bob, you're very uh, optimistic about this. Yeah, I am. Um, my understanding of the important role that youth will play in in getting the country back on track and the film itself, because the film itself, as a cinematic production, is aimed at young people. And therefore, that's why you see all these quick cuts and, and you know, cartoon figures and so on. There's much about the making of the film that makes it I myself a, a steady watcher of masterpiece theater, but this is not a typical masterpiece theater kind of English, you know, countryside film. It's a it it feels much more natural to my grandchildren actually than it does to me the style of the film. And secondly, and here's where Rebecca, I want to have Rebecca come in because the team went looking for new forms of connecting that would fit the way. Americans live now. The old-fashioned forms don't necessarily fit the way we've come to live. That may be part of the problem. But then you have to look for the new green shoots that are maybe represent the next generation of ways of connecting. And and I think uh, Rebecca and Pete did a remarkable job in that way. Why don't you say more about that, Rebecca? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as we were working on this film and I was talking to a lot of people just, you know, even casually outside of work, um, I what I felt is that there had been a fallout in the middle. I was either meeting people like you, as you mentioned, who were hyper involved. And, and that was because I think they joined one thing and they saw firsthand how much it brought to their life. Um, and, and through that joining, they learned how to flex that muscle. Um, and, you know, I think in a lot of ways, our, our civic muscles could be thought of a lot like, you know, going to the gym. Um, we have to use those muscles and we have to start working them out again to, to know how to do that work. Um, you know, if you aren't used to calling up a, a, a bunch of people and asking them to kind of come over for a meeting, um, that feels strange. It would not have felt strange to you um, at the peak of of Bob's research in the 50s and 60s um, when people were going to, you know, multiple meetings with other people um, every week. So I either met people like that who were kind of hyper involved or I met, um, you know, 
for the most part, people on the other end where I explained the movie and I said it was about joining and I'd ask, are you a member of anything? And most people would take a second to think about it and they'd be like, huh, you know, I'm, I'm not. Um, and, you know, we really wanted to speak towards, you know, getting that middle filled out again of, you know, people that were starting to join one thing. And then from there, we knew that we'd see that snowball effect of them wanting to join more in other aspects of their life. And my question to you also, Rebecca, is the film premiered at uh, South by Southwest in Austin. That's typically a place that draws a lot of young people. Are Is the film drawing young people, its content. I know Bob says the forum is one that will attract young people, and it's quite well done, by the way. But that's not so much what I meant. But does it resonate with young people as they see it? Totally. And I think that's been one of the best parts of getting it to tour it around, um, you know, is some of the exchanges we've had with audience members after um, at one of our screenings at South by Southwest, someone came up to me who'd started um, Austin's Queer Skate Club. Um, that gets, you know, queer uh, youth in Austin together uh, to skate at local skate parks and kind of, you know, be together in solidarity, you know, in, in a state where, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of threat to, to queer, queer youth at the moment. And so they came up, they told me about their club and, you know, that they wanted to kind of share it with their other club members. And I think our hope is that people like, uh, you know, that person who started the Queer Skate Club in Austin you know, that they can see our movie and know that what they're doing is not a small thing. So to be clear, Rebecca, you and Pete did not do a film for us to just watch, eat our popcorn and go on. <laughs> you mean for this to be action focused. Yes, yes. And that is that is the best uh, news we can get out of any, you know, time someone watches it is, you know, hearing that um, they're going to double down on their civic work and, and get more involved if they've fallen out of it. Um, and people that aren't a member of things, um, that they go home and Google stuff and uh, see what's going on in their town and join up or, or start something. Well, very well done film. Um, quite interesting and provocative. Good luck to you as you're on your tour, uh, continuing your tour with the film. I thank both of you for joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Robert D. Putnam is a former Malcolm Research Professor of Public Policy at Harvard University, author of 15 books including Bowling Alone, The Collapse and Revival of American Community, and The Upswing, How America Came Together a Century Ago and How We Can Do It Again. Rebecca Davis is a co-director and co-producer of the new documentary, Join or Die. Well, that's it for this week's edition of Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. Listen to us online at GBH News or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date with our programming. Under the Radar with Callie Crossley is a production of GBH, produced by Jesse Steinmetz and engineered by Dave Goodman. Our theme music is Fish and Chips by We Are Two Saxies, Grace Kelly and Leo P. Listen again on Thursday and see you here at 6 p.m. next Sunday for a new episode. I'm Callie Crossley. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.